You're recording live today from Sage Music here in Long Island City, a school that turns people of all ages from students into musicians. The school has a unique curriculum which teachers focus personal attention and utilize a holistic approach to teaching every student. The school is owned by inspirational Iraq War veteran Jason Sagabil, who offers classes in guitar, piano, cello, violin, and voice. Also check out the recently opened new location in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. To learn more about Sage Music, visit www.sagemusic.co.co. We're also brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash improvnoise. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. This is Improv Noise. And in order to get started, we need a suggestion of something you can't be. Today we have Brennan Mulligan in the studio. It's a pretty sexy time. Check it out. What are you um, currently? Are you when you improvising? Um, you just came from a rehearsal, right? That's correct. All right. Were you thinking about anything actively when you were doing that, or were you just like, "Yo, let's fucking throw some skit against the wall, see if it sticks"? Uh, in rehearsal, generally, I submit myself to the will of the coach. I just allow the exercises to have the effect they're going to have on me. Okay. Um, I'm, I think it's good if you have a specific note that you're working on mm-hmm. to make that private assignment for yourself. You know, like t- today in rehearsal, I'm going to do this. But um, generally, unless there's something very specific that I'm trying to correct or adjust for in myself, I try to be more just sort of loose and present for the team and group mind sort of growing together um it's also just you know there's there's a lot in practice that's just about like especially with like a new team just getting acquainted with the team you know what i mean like we're not trying to do a new form or a new opening right now um we're actually women and men right now is doing like a heat and weight opening which is basically just like tj and dave style just checking in with each other at the top of the top of the scene you know almost like to the untrained eye it would almost look like no opening but there's a lot of work going on. It's called Heat and Weight. Heat and Weight, which is an improv concept that TJ and Dave talk about a lot. Um, uh, just the, the heat and weight of a scene being kind of these measurable feelings, uh, like the heat of a scene being like the intensity of it and the weight being kind of the gravity of the scene. <laughs> and those uh, those factors can mix and match in different variables, and you kind of can draw a lot of conclusions about what's going on in a scene. Um, I talk a lot when I'm coaching about the idea of uh, only in improv and especially in how, who sort of takes improv onto themselves. Do we get these processes by which we start saying things and then try to reverse engineer how we feel about them? (laughs) You know what I mean? Which is a weird thing that beginner, I think it's because if you've been encouraged to take improv or do improv or you're interested in improv, the odds that you are eloquent and clever compared to the baseline demographic are very high. You're probably going to be articulate if you're interested in doing improv to like quickly make up things. But the problem that you get into by the group selecting for that is it can only take you so far. And right. every time you're initiating a scene with like, oh, I've thought of something interesting to say, and you go out and say your interesting thing and you don't know why you said it and you don't believe in it, yeah. then you're just treading water the whole scene. Because uh, that's not how anyone thinks. Everyone, you wake up in the morning in an emotional state with your drives, your hunger or sleep or work or whatever drives going, and then every action you take is based on that. So the first thing to do if you want to figure out in a scene is what do I feel like? How do I feel about the other person? Yeah. And then everything, and then you don't have to worry about what you're going to say or do. You've figured out who you are and how you feel, and everything else follows logically from that. That's so cool. tight. Cool. Um, uh, I wanted to ask: Do you have any examples of Thank scenes? You, that's what I was ask. you were going to ask that too. Mm-hmm. We're holding hands. Uh, <laughs> do you do you have examples of scenes that you can give? An example, heat and weight, too? Sure. Okay. So let's do, like, uh, I would do, okay. So low heat, low weight, it means the scene has no, like, almost no gravity and almost no intensity. So, like, I show up to the poop store and I only have poop in my pockets? Yeah. Or, like, yeah, you show up to the poop store with only poop in your pockets, so it's like, why do you need to buy poop in the first place? But 
that would be that's the logical brain going right there. Yeah, man. you're nailing uh, it. I'm nail. I just nailed you super hard on your own fucking podcast. Uh, <laughs> fucking burn. Fucking burn you, dude, on your podcast. Uh, <laughs> Can I justify that? Give yeah. me your initiation. I'll justify that. Back. Oh, uh, my initiation. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm so glad the poop store was open this early in the morning. Oh fuck, I forgot my wallet. All I have is poop in my pockets. <laughs> uh, for the 18th time, this is a fertilizer plant. We fertilize uh, soil. Stop coming here calling us a poop store. We're not going to sell you fertilizer. We're a supplier to different chains like Petco and so forth. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. Thank you. Well, that, I, think that, I think you guys fucking knocked it out of the park. You I just think you guys nailed power it. slam my initiative. Power slam. <laughs> Boom. Uh, oh, so so low. I would say like low weight, low heat would be like, like, oh, it's so good to see you. I What are you doing in the grocery store? Right? Like oh, just, okay. just like Right? That's not and, a thing, essentially. That's just like, or it is a thing. I should say that's like that's like just deferring it. No, no real choices. Yeah, just, just keep it simple. And that can that can have its place, but you know you, there should be some intention behind it, right? Uh, um, so like gossipy would be that kind of thing. So then if you have high heat, low weight, that would be like not much gravity, but a lot of intensity. So like. You know, I don't even know where I'm supposed to go to someone's birthday party. They don't have chips. You know, like <laughs> that would be like high heat, low weight. Oh, that's great. And then, <laughs> and then high, high weight, low heat would maybe be like someone being like, "Can you pass the salt to this end of the table?" Just like, <laughs> just as something fucking, and then high heat, high weight would be like, I will shake the foundations of the earth. <laughs> like, you know, like, like the movie well, like, Thor. Yeah. The movie Thor, like okay. a wizard right, is right, high right. heat, high weight. Which, of course. If we're talking, if the purpose of the podcast is to talk about improv philosophy, I'll just get right to the chase. Yep. Be a wizard in every scene. That's my number one. That's the Brandon Lee Mulligan method. You heard interesting, it here. Interesting. You heard it here. <laughs> uh, uh, cool, cool. So t- to me, it seems like, uh, so what was that last one? That was high uh, weight, no heat, or the other mm. way around? High heat, high weight. High, high, high both. Heat. No, 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 sorry, two ones ago, the salt. Oh, the salt. Salt oh. was high weight. High weight, low, low heat. Low heat. Yeah, to me, that, that like... means... The weight to me sounds like fuck ton of subtext, right? Fuck ton of subtext. Yeah, subtext then, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and then oh, nice. And then he, yeah, heat. heat. There's just similar words to me. The one that's totally high heat, different things. The other yeah. one uh, seems like um, uh, 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 no subtext. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. What I'm doing is is is, is um, uh, you read me like a book. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's. I think that's really good. Yeah, heat is all about. Yeah, if you think about heat in a, in a, a physics or like a chemistry sense, it's like it's you know molecules are moving faster, things are moving farther away from each other. Right. Right. So it's like lots of dispersal and speed. Nice. Good analogy. Uh, and then if you think about you know weight and gravity, that's things. Weight is literally you know a force of gravity, and it's collapsing in on itself. It's moving inwards. Right. Cool. So they're kind of actually. Op, as weird as it is, heat and weight are opposing forces. Weight is moving inward, heat is yeah. moving outward. Yeah, and I think they, you showed how they can be combined too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. They are they are compatible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for instance, the wizard, he was very honest with what he was saying. There's a lot of subtext of what he was saying. Yeah. He wants to, it's clear that without him saying it, he wants to rule the world. Yes, like that. exactly. That's his subtext, a very serious mm-hmm. subtext, very serious about it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Do you guys do a suggestion? We do a suggestion. Okay, yes. cool. Because we, I was say, that's unlike TJ and Dave. Unlike TJ and Dave, we, yeah. we do get a suggestion. We uh, we asked for a suggestion of something important, which right. started as a joke in our first set, <laughs> and then we liked it. It was just so, okay. I think someone, I don't even know if we clear, I think someone just came out and was like, we want a suggestion of something important. And it was kind like of a joke. But then someone said something like family, and it yeah. made a really cool set. And we're like, oh, that's better than doing pickle. Like, I like that. <laughs> I like that more there's more to draw from and it's not totally. you know so people ask for song lyrics and people ask for a piece of advice why not ask for something important <laughs> i like it you get a lot of meaty meaty uh meaty stuff yeah we, we got someone said circus two Ooh. nights ago we did herald two the nights ago fuck someone said circus was important okay yeah it's where your dad takes you when you're a kid you know it's very important it could be mm-hmm. uh on importance we're sitting with brennan lee mulligan uh <laughs> from the upper citizen brigade theater in new york city new york usa 
Uh, uh, Brennan uh, currently is on the Herald team, women and men, mm-hmm. right? Uh, formerly a, a, a Namaste, uh-huh. who we had practically the entire team on the podcast. Pretty uh, and then uh, Guthrie, and then uh, Lloyd team, Graceland, mm-hmm. as well as uh, Warren, right? The yeah, Killer Indy team. team yeah. Mm-hmm. And then any other new teams you want to throw in? There? Uh, Hungry Boys. Hungry Boys. Uh, as w- and then also I'm on an indie team called Girls. Girls, right? I think, uh, yeah, I've seen you guys. You guys mm-hmm. kill. Mm-hmm. And then uh, also you can catch him on a Killer Web Series and MTV other called Teacher's Lounge, mm-hmm. which I've seen is very funny. And you, uh, uh, the strong female protagonist, a long-running web uh, comic, mm-hmm. right? web graphic, uh, graphic. Yeah, web comic. Web yeah. comic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, and he's got a Kickstarter campaign out to publish it all, so check that out. You mm-hmm. got a website plug for that? Or? Uh, strongfemaleprotagonist.com, and we will have books available for purchase on the website in September. Oh, That's sweet. So Definitely got to look out for that. Look yeah, look out for yeah, that. yeah. Sweet. We're talking improv, man. So uh, you coach a lot, right? I coach a ton. Yeah, fuck ton. I hear I, this is what I hear. I've heard three or four different times people talk about the X Y axis as something X Y axis. It's something that I specifically That's a you thing harp on. I talk about yeah. the X Y axis. Yeah, I do talk about that pretty consistently. When I work with a new team, I try to run this workshop that I have on game. Not because I think people even necessarily need to work on game, but I want them to learn the language I prefer to speak about it in because sure. it's it just makes it if I'm going to be working with the team for a long time it just makes it easier. Um, I'll I'll kind of give this is interesting because normally I save this anecdote for later in a workshop, but because this is a podcast, I'll just start with it. Okay. Um, uh, the hardest note I ever got I got in 401 from Kevin Hines. Um, where he told me to rest the game. He's like, Brennan, you need to rest the game more. That was my personal note. And I was, it, I can't tell you how frustrating that note was. Because <laughs> you'd spend all this time learning game. Game is the monolith. It's, right, the, central, right. it's the center of the UCB philosophy. Mm. It's the big contentious thing that other schools all have opinions about, UCB right, right. and game. <laughs> and it, it was kind of a maddening note. I wasn't mad at Kevin Hines. I was just like, God, I just spent all this time the game is what's funny. The game is the funny part of the scene. Right. Why do I need to what what what, what I got to rest the game for? Do more game. Uh and then like a year later I was coaching uh a team and there was a game where there's a boring office meeting. It was kind of a mundane sad office and people were having a sort of quarterly meeting. Uh and a unicorn ran through the office and all these sad employees looked up from their reports and just went unicorn <laughs> and just like lost it and just started chasing the unicorn and it was the most like joyous just amazing thing to see this magic unicorn in this boring ass office and they started running after the unicorn and screaming unicorn trying to pet it and it was immediately diminishing returns right it stopped being as funny second beats come around and someone came out and initiated as a young maiden in a sylvan glade oh, see you later <laughs> beckoning yeah beckoning to a unicorn and of course, it wasn't funny at all. Right, right. And that's so. That's when the idea of resting the game, I had to change the language a bit to, for it to make sense to me. But it was just, oh, it, you can't play the unusual thing because there's no such thing as an unusual thing. Right. A unicorn is not unusual. A rubber chicken is not unusual. A dildo is not unusual. Even things that are theoretically charged with comedic potential aren't unusual. Mm-hmm. If you're in a sex shop, a dildo is not funny. If you're you know, at a, like a comedy joke store, a rubber chicken is not funny. It's you're ev- in heaven, a unicorn isn't funny. It's just what you ride to go to the store. That's what you ride to go to the store yeah. in heaven. Precisely. Yeah. Stores. So, <laughs> the poop store. Stores in heaven. Yeah, you ride your unicorn to the poop store and you only have poop in your pockets. God, yeah. Can yeah. I tell you I regret that initiation? <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah. You love it. You're kind of right. I do love it. I I think I buy poop store more than I buy someone out loud announcing to themselves, oh, good, the poop store is open. <laughs> Buddy, That's... keep it down. Stop <laughs> narrating yourself at the store. Oh, boy, the, I eat the poop store. The poop store is not normally open this early. I normally have to come back here on my lunch break on my way to the food store. <laughs> buddy, I don't speak English. I only say buddy, this one phrase. Buddy, I don't speak yeah. English. <laughs> hey, pal, I don't speak any English. So maybe try your luck somewhere else. Uh, give me a break. Why, you're a gewalt. So... Th- the X Y axis is what I talk about because Great. I I think the um, 
the idea of baseline reality gets in people's heads in a weird, unhelpful way. Okay, cool. As as though the straight man needs to be a voice of reason, which I disagree with. I don't mm-hmm. think the straight man needs to be a voice of reason. I think the straight man needs to be a foil and can be a voice of some other emotional quality or some other thematic element other than logic. That's cool. 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 Um, we'll talk about that later. Uh, foil. And I think that the... Um, uh, uh, yeah, the straight man isn't the character who's the voice of reason. The straight man is the character who's the most uncomfortable in the scene, the character who's curious about the unusual philosophy, and it's like off balance. Okay. Um, but the uh, – uh, so I talk about X, Y axis because I think game is like a graph. Um, if you have a unicorn come charge through your office and it's magical and wonderful and hilarious, the next thing you have to do is take a big sip of your coffee and go back to typing up your report. That's the next move because the comedy isn't coming from the unicorn. It's coming from the interplay of the unicorn and the boring office. Right. And those exist in what I call like, or what I try to helpfully refer to is if it, helps people i don't know i'll let i'll let people like coach be the judge of that but (laughs) the xy axis is like okay we have unicorn which is what like magical whimsical fantastical shit right and then we have office stuff which is like mundane boring soul crushing stuff and the unicorn is the y and the office is the x and the office is the x right Mm -hmm. and we get a laugh not by staying on an axis but by moving back and forth so that which is why again that voice of reason thing is the is the office boss the voice of re- if you if I come in and I'm like, uh, what a unicorn shouldn't be here in an office that's wrong cool I'm a voice of reason and I'm like ruining the scene right yeah but if I come out and I'm like, hey guys I know we have a unicorn in the office today but uh you know we really got to get these reports in on time uh you know I know we built the office park on a sylvan glade but um. <laughs> You know, try to avoid the toadstool rings as best you can, and let's just try to keep our nose to the grindstone today, huh? Like, (laughs) the boss is a voice of banality and sadness and mundanity, right? Like, that's the idea of of the theme that's counterbalancing unicorn. Okay. And the whole point of the XY axis is just to, you have this axis, and the arrow is going up because you're heightening the value on both emotional thematic components of the scene simultaneously. Okay, so when he comes in and he's like, guys, don't pay attention to that unicorn, and this comes across negative, mm-hmm. um, then that's not necessarily building into the base reality of the banality of the office. Right. Okay, interesting. And so when he comes in and he's like, oh, the whimsy of the unicorn, I'm stamping that, that that's a thing, and the banality of the office, mm-hmm. then that's heightening the emotional quality of both? Is that what you're saying? Uh, right. Well, it depends on what you have in the scene. Like, uh, like ideally, the more you can, the, the more you're moving back and forth between them, the better. Like, every time you make a move between them, it's funny. Like, I was coaching Greg one time. They had this great scene with Matt Mayer and Lauren Adams uh, where uh, it was Zeus at the DMV, you know what I mean, and that's just like a funny, it's a funny thing. Kind of a similar game, yeah. Similar game, and so Matt Mayer's going, "I release my own thunderbolts and smite this place." And Lauren Adams is like, "Sir, you can smite what you like, but you got to stand behind the yellow line." All right, <laughs> great, so funny, okay. and that's the that's a similar thing of like it, it's the move from her being like, "Yes, you can smite, but you got to stand behind the yellow line." Okay, it's a it's a trans. So it's like you're. In a straight man, crazy man scene, it's uh, like it's not that the straight man is the voice of reason or the antagonist. It's, it's like it's like the Black Knight and White Knight of medieval times. Mm-hmm. Like a straight man and a crazy man each represent a, a emotional tonal quality in the scene, and it's just that the straight man is the character we refer to who's representing the context or the environment. So like. In most scenes, uh, the character who's the straight man is the voice of the world we're in. You know what I mean? Or if you think about it this way, and another reason why I like, like, why I like using X, Y axis as opposed to baseline reality, unusual thing. Uh, let's take uh, let's take a game that is mapping wizards to the wire. Okay, um, great. Cool. So, uh, what's a funnier game with more potential moves? Having Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry, and there's like a kid who's strung out on drugs and just trying to get high and be a teenager. And he's like, man, I want to fight dark wizards. I'm just trying to get high with my friends. Or having a wizard on the streets of West Baltimore looking to score dragon heartstrings from drug dealers. They both have yeah. plenty of moves. Sure, They're both actually kind of the same two thematic elements. It's wizards and the wire in both. 
But in one, you're going to be in West Baltimore, so your drug dealer is probably going to be the straight man, and the wizard's going to be the unusual character. And in the Hogwarts one, your drug addict is going to be the unusual character, and the wizards will be the straight man. It's just about who's the voice of the environment. Right. But yeah. Yeah, it's a choosing. I mean, a game is only as strong as it's, 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 it's the choice of what your base reality is. Right. And I get into that a lot, which is like, the, I, again, I think baseline reality conjures up this like domestic, neutral, kitchen sink environment, which makes everything harder. When, when the baseline reality feels like a strong flavor or it feels textured, it's so much easier to deviate. With a neutral kitchen sink scene, what you're asking the audience to do is rely on each their own individual prejudice about what happens in an apartment. You know? Oh, wow, interesting. As opposed to being like, oh, we're at like a... It's kind of why I like to initiate with genre stuff because it just sets up more expectation. Sure. Like, okay, I'm about to, you know, mafia assassinate a guy on the docks. Everyone knows the beats of this in the audience. Everyone knows what to expect. So anything going out of order is going to get a huge laugh. Whereas... I don't know what happens in, like, you know, your home. Like, yeah. what, you know, like, I really right. don't. Like, what's unusual to you? Well, do you find, I find that very interesting because you quoted the first one as a genre, like the the mafioso, and, like, I don't know that personally. I've never been on a hit, but I've seen a shit ton of television, a shit ton of movies about that. So I do know the expected order. Yeah, and everyone has. Yeah, And then yeah, that's, uh, the book calls that secondary sources, right? You got your primary right. sources, secondary, and tertiary and, sources. Uh, the, my, the, the second example you had, the kitchen sink example, that's my life. That's, like, my life experience. So do you have anything to, to add as far as, like, using your life experience and using just, like, tropes and things like that? Primary versus secondary. Yeah. I'm about to get really Freudian. And this is actually, I'm having this realization on your podcast. This is happening in real time. Yeah, I have a, I, I think the reason I like genre so much is that I'm very self conscious about how weird my life is. My dad was a stand up comic and an improviser. My mom That's was right. a comic book writer, a daytime soap opera actress, and a neo pagan priestess for many years. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, my pop, my stepfather, is a bagpiper, uh, a sculptor was an interpretive dancer and a massage therapist. I was homeschooled for several years. I went to college when I was 14. And I, I uh, co-own and, and am a staff member of a live-action role-playing summer camp. Sweet. So in terms of primary sources, I always feel like, well, if I'm going from my life, my baseline reality is most people's unusual thing. That's true, yeah. So if, you know, I remember doing a pattern game one time and I was ta- I was relating an anecdote that I thought was funny for the person of the anecdote. And I mentioned my older brother, Zephyr. And someone else responded by saying, you have an older brother named Zephyr. That's weird. That's a weird thing. <laughs> and so it's an there's an element of it which is like... Which is, I think, yeah, I think it's, like, safer to go to our shared storytelling and culture and our, like, and like our public knowledge. Our vernacular, in a way. Yeah, yeah. our vernacular, our shared language of storytelling, as opposed to me being, like... Oh, know how, know how it is at a live-action role-playing camp when, you know, too many people show up at the same... Yeah, I yeah, don't know. Exactly, I just don't. Yeah, exactly. Even, so that's the thing, is, is my whole, uh, like, idea... Yeah, it's a weird thing, even in the book, like, that primary sources thing mm. is so interesting to me because i'm like okay i guess we all have the same experience of life i don't know if we do <laughs> i don't know like yeah the the hmm. yeah. that that leads me to like certain master teachers will be like nothing's unusual everything's usual and i understand that i think i think what based on what, what you're saying and, and i totally agree with you too because i didn't have necessarily a traditional upbringing but like um it, it's it's not what's unusual it's how can we sell it as unusual how can we sell it there's a, there's a i think every uh, uh, scene has a buy in for the audience you got to buy into this you got to know it's unusual i'm going to tell it's unusual because this this and this mm-hmm. so depending on who the player is all those all those um variables change mm-hmm. but if you can sell it as unusual and you can explain why it's unusual then the audience can buy into it as an unusual thing and that can be funny to them so I dig that. technically, everything is usual. Like everything has happened. Mm. Unicorns have been drawn. You know, yeah. uh, LARP is a thing. There's tens of thousands, a hundred thousands of people that do it. You know, like it's a real thing. Uh, there's like, um, yeah, you just have to know what's usual versus what you what you choose to make unusual. How you sell that, and hopefully the audience will buy into it. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. there's no faculty or syndicate or council saying. 
what usual versus unusual. There's no list of what's right. usual versus unusual. There's no syndicate master list out there. We're like, oh, that's an unusual thing. Oh, that's always been usual to me. Surprised yeah. I didn't know that. You know what I mean? Do you yeah. think that you could sell something that is very usual as something that is unusual? Like, for example, if it is a kitchen sink scene, and I walk in, I'm like, hey, Stefan, what's up, man? I just bought a, a box of Kellogg's. <laughs> right? And you bought have... it in a giant box? I don't know. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. What's unusual about that? Right, there's yeah. nothing. But now let's do that same scene. Uh, over at, um, I would uh, say, in front of Sandy Struthers down in Africa. What, yeah. what am I thinking? Sally Sandy, Struthers. Yeah, so you put yeah. it in a context. I yeah. would I would frame that as being unusual by saying, you bought a giant box of Kellogg's. They have a self-named cereal. Oh. Yeah. Uh, it's Kellogg's. It's like a new thing. Kellogg's, it's... just Kellogg's. Just flat oh, Kellogg's. Oh, the brand Kellogg's. It's just the Kellogg's. Well, Kellogg's isn't even a brand. It's a parent company. It's right? a, they yeah. have branded cereals they sell. Yeah, it's just a mix box. They just put a little bit of every one. Oh, <laughs> Put it's that like, box next to my General Mills bucket, please. <laughs> the General you. Mills bucket. Oh, a God. Johnson & Johnson tube. <laughs> <laughs> we are a parent company purchasing families. Uh, uh, and we do box stores. Um, that's awesome. Uh, uh, yeah, I think it is about context and, and framing. I would say, to me, the, the biggest way, though, because I, I – this is not necessarily true for everyone. And there's, a, and there's plenty of improvisers better than me who would disagree with me on this. But for me – stopping my own bad habits. I used to do the jam all the time and I loved nothing more than taking cheap pot shot snipe moves and being like, um, that's pretty illogical. You're doing what? Uh, maybe not so much that time. And I'll, I won't lie to you. I still love doing that on some mm. deep, profound, nerdy Dungeons and Dragons playing level. Nice. I love getting in there and being like, "Ooh, that's a little bit incorrect." Ooh. <laughs> you put on your shoes without tying them. <laughs> yeah, there's just a sniper part of me, and I—it's a bad part of me. I don't like those instincts in myself. So, one of the things I think about in terms of trying to clever your way into a good scene or logic your way into a good scene—I think logic comes after the fact. Logic is how we find new moves after we have something good and worthwhile. I think you got to get there with emotion. You have to... I think the subversion of tone is the fastest way into game. So I think more than ever trying to, like, conversate into an unusual thing of, like, oh, look, I can I can demonstrate to you using my words that you've been unusual. I think you've got to just do two things that feel different. Like, if you walk in and you're like, hey, man, I just got some calories from the store. You want some? I think a better way for me to create game rather than trying to talk to you about Kellogg's and find something on an abstract intellectual level that's weird is for me to just go, you went to the fucking store and you didn't tell me? Like to do something that feels different. I like that you use the word subvert the tone. That's subversion that's, of tone. Subversion yeah. of tone. That's a cool phrase. It, yeah. we. Uh, t- to me, it's I, I, I slang it as, as give a shit. Like make it mean something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have to. <laughs> yeah. You absolutely have to. And also because, I mean, not to, most people are going to, I mean, so much of comedy is performance. It, it's performance. You know, we're not live action sketch writers. We're doing performance. Right. We're, and you have to feel it. And there's, you know, it's one of these weird things where I think do this example all the time when I'm coaching, but like I can sit here and I can tell you, uh, you know, I'm a middle-aged suburban mother. I have a number of children. I take care of them, but they, they fray the edges of my nerves. I'm very anxious most of the time. I try to feed them as much as I can, but I, and I can go on and on and on and on like this, or I can come out and initiate and just go, kids! <laughs> and all of that is express. All of that is implicit in mm. in tone and context. Just... It, feeling something in terms of fighting a blank page and getting data out there, it's like emotion is like a, a you know like a straight Ethernet connection and words are like dial up. You're just yeah, it's, totally. a, it's a world of difference in terms of communicating information quickly. For for me, I know as as I develop as an improviser, that's what I'm trying to do. Uh, to me, in my in the in the, bottom, in the back of my head, I'm just like words don't matter. They're not important. Uh, uh, they're just sort of getting your way a little bit because uh, the, the person's emotional state is older than language. We wrote, we took, we made words up later. We always had emotions. That's as old as time. It's as old as we are. So as an improviser, as I develop, I think to myself, how do I like leave the dependency of words behind and and and, and try to communicate the overall section of communicating more effectively with words making that a much smaller part of the pie. That's. Awesome. I, I, the, the, putting that way that they're older, I love. I do this. I, I talk similarly about our brain where mm-hmm. I say, you know, I'll say like 
the amount of, of brain space that we have dedicated to processing language is this big. And you, it's a podcast, but I'm making a very small little. Very tiny. Very they can tiny see it on the fingers. podcast. We put photos up. We put photos on the podcast yeah. right here. Look, very small. <laughs> the amount of brain, just space in our brain we have dedicated to processing tone and body language and facial recognition right. and facial expression is enormous. So if you're trying to communicate to somebody, in other words, to, to all the people that are like me that started improv out of a love of cleverness and thought, ooh, I'm very, I can speak quickly. Totally. I, I, I should be good at improv. You're heading down like a dead end. Because yeah. if you want to play intelligently, you have to play from the gut. That's the only way to get the information out there. Yeah, fuck totally. yeah. Some nice advice. Totally. Speaking of gut, I think it's time, my friend. Yep. Fucking time to play. Woo! <laughs> uh, now, I to, now I get to totally blow up my spot as I fucking all, narf these scenes. It's all good. We, all, we, we do it. It's all so, what do you guys want to do? A heat and wait opening uh, where it's just silent for. <laughs> so, yeah. So, well, yeah. Talk about the opening a little more. So, you take a word. Take a word. And then you go out as in, in pairs. Or go how out does in that pairs, work? pairs. And you're just reading each other. Again, because if, if the idea is that you communicate more through expression and trying to get in sync with someone mm-hmm. you shouldn't need words and again it's you know i'll go ahead and say in the course of your day you're always speaking from a drive or from a need or from a desire mm-hmm. right yeah so get those out of the way first because anything you say before you have your emotional state in place is going to be bullshit yeah by definition you don't yeah. know how you feel so w- what you're saying is you're lying you're just lying. yeah yeah, yeah. um Totes. So let's do no, no, a couple scenes about farts and stuff. Let's, let's do, do farty <laughs> fire sins. Uh, I uh, have since reset my phone, so my suggested fire app is not on my phone. Thank God. But I have loaded up a web page, and I will choose a random word off that web page. Can cool. I web pages? Uh, it's. Uh, is it your bio? Readily welcome. <laughs> yes, I am ready. Because <laughs> I, I am didn't ready. have time to load up another web page. Yeah. Oh God, I lost my suggested fire app. All right. Oh my God, uh, the, the word is Ugh. lounge. <laughs> I know where that's from. <laughs> oh God! Oh, oh God! Another rough Monday. These kids. Jesus Christ! I tell you, Morty, you gotta quit that fucking job. I can't quit that fucking job. It's my job. It's my specialty. If I can't gym teach, who's gonna gym teach? Fuck if I know, man. It's tearing you apart. Look at you. You're in tatters. Oh, God. Just ten more years to retirement. And sweet Florida for me. We're gonna be in Florida. Sweet Florida for us. Surrounded by babes. Sweet Florida for you and me covered in babes. Oh, Boca Raton. That's the real promised land. Hey, uh, how's it going, guys? Hey, Morty, you're home. Yeah. Jesus Christ, Morty, you look like shit. Oh, God, long fucking day teaching gym to a bunch of elementary school kids. They're fucking, they're taking the years off my life. Morty, you got 10 years, man. At this rate, how are you going to get surrounded by babes? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I just got to believe in the promised land of babes. Boca Raton, Florida. We got three 55-year-old single men. Oh, yeah. We live in a shared apartment shared. in Bayonne, New Jersey. Bayonne. The plan was to teach gym class in three separate schools. <laughs> Part of the same district. In the same district. separate schools. Separate schools in the same district, district. And move to a new pad upon retirement. Boca Raton. Boca Raton. Surrounded by babes. I like Boca. Welcome to Boca Raton National Airport. What? Where am I? Boca Raton National Airport. I'm sorry, my husband, he gets very confused. Hey, Charlie. Charlie. What? Charlie. Oh, yeah. Smithissa. What's that? Smithissa. Yes, Smithissa. It's me, Smithissa, your wife. Yeah, what's up? Hey. You were just having a panic attack. You're just having you're having a little blip. Sorry, My husband Charlie has blips. Oh, Damn. blips! They're little blip. blips. Okay, they're little blips. Uh, is that okay if I can ask about that? What is that? He worked at a CIA black site disposing of bodies for many, many years. Oh, interesting. What? Charlie, you tell did. people. Tell you people. Serve this I know, country. but that is top secret. You're not allowed to tell people that, sir. You're being I'm, a little rude, interrupting your wife. I'm, Thank you. you. Hey, who are you? (laughs) Get the fuck out of Uh, my wife and mine. This is Linda. She works at the Delta Help Desk, Charlie. Oh, well, you're not Delta helping me at all right now. 
Charlie, I know you just had a blip, but you're being very rude. <sighs> Sorry, just can't tell people what I did for the city. I'm just proud of you. She's proud of you. He doesn't get to march in parades. Do you think that's right? That's too bad. That really is. I can't believe I've written so many letters. I've written a letter to every congressman and every senator and every state congressman and every state senator saying, hey, my husband worked at a CIA black site disposing of bodies of illegally detained foreign nationals. Interesting. Well, I'm surprised they haven't wrote you back. That's terrible. I know. It's awful. Yeah. I uh, got rid of Fidel Castro. Shh. I am so proud of you. Thank you. I can't. I mean, I can't stay mad at him. Well, so uh, I just wanted you guys to fill out some forms before I... Uh, what? 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 Where, Char- where are Charlie, we? Charlie. What? Charlie. Charlie. What is this? Charlie. What? You're having a blip. But this is... Oh, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. Where are Remind me. We're at the Boca Raton International Airport. The Delta Help Desk. At the Delta Help Desk. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Melinda. Now, my husband is on a no-fly list. because uh, Because he did work for the CAA and he got listed as a double agent, which we are getting cleared up. That's good. That's good. Because, you, as you know right now, it's little, I don't know if I could let you on this plane. I mean, oh, Melinda. Please. We have to go to Tampa. Oh, we have no. to go to Tampa. We did a short flight from Boca Raton to Tampa. I can dispose of you, you know. I mean, I don't want to say that he's right in saying that, but he absolutely could. I'm only semi-retired. Oh. You could become a blip, too. You could be my blip. Do you want to blip it up? Guys, you need to get into the mayor's office right now. I need to have a meeting with you. Uh, What did you say? I can't hear you through the door. Guys, come into my office right now. Oh, all right. Very well. (laughs) Yes, Mr. Mayor. Very well, Mr. Mayor. We are both here. What dire news do you have? What do you got for us, Mr. Bayer? We have an issue. We have an issue with the numbers. I went over the quarterly numbers. Mm. This looks like a job for the comptroller and not the city warlock. Yeah, no. uh, Well, that's that's more of a me thing, the comptroller. That's precisely why I called you in, because we've had a lot of issues about pestilence and uh, rain of frogs, and we've had... Mm. a series of explosions yes. looks magical in nature. Yes. I can't help you. I'm the comptroller. I don't know well, anything. Well, I mean, that's, that's your department this, that's is infrastructure. S- so, well, it's, well, okay. Hmm. Me and the comptroller have been working closely on this matter for some time. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're trying to figure out where that rain's coming from. It seems that a portal has opened from the nether regions. Hordes of locusts will swarm into the city unless we can close it in time. That's his theory. My theory is that it's just uh, the weather's changing, and it's just rainier season. Uh, maybe remnants of cloud season from last last year. I don't know. Okay. A couple of different theories here. Okay. Oh, gosh. Uh, well, Grand Marshal, uh, this is not what I needed before re-election. We have a midterm coming up in three weeks. I told you, no portal openings. No mass attacks with magic, and that's precisely what we've been seeing recently. Well, I'm, I don't want to point fingers, but I wouldn't have had to open that portal if the new traffic lights had been installed in a timely manner. Why? 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 <laughs> I'm it was, just... There was a delay, and I put them up, and they're up now. What? I've never worked... Can I stop for... I've never worked in a city... We're at a threat of portals if I didn't put up the lights. Well, okay. you signed up for Boca Raton. Yeah, I know. I did sign up for Rush it. hour traffic was bad enough that I had to open a portal. So that oh, another portal. S- so that city buses could bypass the congested streets. Well, we I, can't I, I, close these portals. I, you know yeah, that. I appreciate the quick fix nature of it. It's just that a lot of other you know, sinister creatures have been crawling out of those portals. Apparently there's a... Uh, a pipe to a, like a third dimension or some sort. I understand. And if the police department were able to get their new cruisers fixed, All perhaps right. they could do something about those demons crawling out of those portals. It's you know, tourist like... season. The old cruisers stay out for tourist season. They went over this with you last time, uh, Warlock. Mm, uh, once over. again, problems of magic seem to be exacerbated by a poor city infrastructure. Oh, nonsense. <laughs> nonsense. Ah, Tampa was way better than this. There's no dumb Warlock. Well, no. Doug name call. That's what? inappropriate. Yeah, I'm sorry, that was a dumb, wa- a dumb warlock. No, I'm dumb warlock. Bill, I was. I came to your house for dinner last week. I know. I met your wife and your lovely children, and you called me a dumb warlock. Yeah. We wow. were going to play golf this weekend. That's way below the belt, Bill. Hey, I'm welcome, uh, welcome to our home. Thank you so much, Bill, for bringing home one of your work friends. Yeah. Greetings. <laughs> this is uh, exciting for us. This is our first warlock that we've ever. 
Really? Mm-hmm. Mm, fascinating. Linda, mm. just... Sorry. sorry, I just am nervous. I've never been around a warlock before. Uh, and these are our two children's, Robert. What's up? <laughs> uh, hello, Robert. Oh, what is that? It's a skateboard. It has a grim reaper on it. Pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, Robert's into skateboarding. He's always down the skate park. Robert, do you want to meet the real grim reaper? Yeah. Well, holy shit! Holy shit! I am death itself. Oh my god, Linda, make another seat. Okay, we have enough food for you, Death. I don't. The pork chops for Death. Is it vegan? You're vegan, Death. Oh, I guess we could bring out some of the pasta. My girlfriend is vegan, so I'm trying it. Oh, Death, how long have you known Warlock? I have known this warlock since he was born a thousand years in the future. Whoa, you look good for a thousand, warlock. A thousand years in the future, wow. Thank you, I'm aging backwards into the past. Wow, wow. Well, I hope you like pork chops. I love pork chops. Uh, And then this is our other, this is our daughter, Robin. Hi. Hello. Hi, how are you? She's in the choir at school. Mm-hmm. We just sang Catch a Falling Star. Hello, Robin. How? How are you? I'm good. Have you ever caught a falling star? Oh, I can't say. I've See literally caught a falling star. Holy shit! Ah! Hey, hey, guys, we made it to Boca Raton. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, good. yeah. Oh, Ooh. fuck. It's just a giant crater. Oh, man. God. Full of babes. <laughs> oh, look at all the babes in this crater. Oh, all right, guys. Time to crutch our way down there. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to lose my virginity tonight, boys. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. 65 years old. Retired. Let's do this. Let's do this. Time for some third-degree burns. Oh, yeah. Third on you-know-where. Yeah, because of you-know-what. Right on your butt. Well, yeah. Right on my butt. Yeah. As I bring my... <laughs> That's how you lose it. That's how you lose that. Hand me the extra strap on. Ah, Let's go get him. Let's do it. Let's go get him. My babes. Oh, guys, I think I miss teaching Jim. Really? Yeah. You know, I kind of miss it too, actually. Well, now that we have it, I'm just... You don't know what you have until you lost it, you know? Pave paradise, put up a parking lot. Don't know what? what you got the list called. <laughs> paradise and put up a parking lot. Thank you. We've been a band. Thank you. Boca Raton. Good night. Good night. Guys, that was a disaster out there. I'm sorry. That was a disaster out there. Was it as bad as it seemed from the stage? What the fuck happened out there? I don't know, man. The instruments in my hand and the the lights on my face and the pressure was high. I didn't know what to do, man. Yeah, I think we got the wrong instruments. I think that's what happened. He threw a drumstick into that girl's eye. <laughs> so, is she okay? That hit her. She's in the hospital. Is she going to make it? She's down an eye. <sighs> it jammed all the way in there. I mean, you threw like a spear. There was no rotation on it at all. It's... I thought they were attacking me. I got a, I got a blip. I got threatened, and I threw a, threw a drumstick. We took a eye. big risk hiring an ex-CIA guy to drum for this band, but for God's sake, man. Just hold it together. Seriously. Whenever I see a large group of people, it reminds me of Nam sometimes. You, so I, so I, explain to me how hmm. you being ex-CIA makes you the most violent member of this band. Yeah. When Roger crawled out of a portal from another dimension, he's a literal hell beast. Yeah, I'm a hell beast. Uh, I'm a competitor. I don't know. I, I can't really explain. I like to one-up people. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I know you feel threatened by Roger. He's a demon. I, I mean, I was called the hell beast back in the day. That was my nickname. Oh, really? Were you, did, you, did Satan summon you from one of his ribs? No. Oh. Okay, because Satan summoned Roger from one of his ribs. Yeah, that happened to me. Oh, God made me from one of his ribs, I think, right? I don't know. I don't really read the Bible, but... No, that didn't... I, don't, I never met Satan. Oh. Guys, look. We're playing the crater tomorrow night. All right? That's a big show. It's, it's a, a lot big of babes. Show. That's a big opportunity for Tons us. Tons of babes. That crater, everyone died except the babes. Oh. And, <laughs> yeah. And we, this is an opportunity... To make a name for ourselves. Yeah. Right? Let's do it. Let's do yeah. it. Yeah, let's do Fucking it. Fucking shred some metal, man. Yeah. Bring the dark lord of the, Satan through our metal. On the count of three, let's say our name, our band name really loudly. Yeah, on the count of three, we're going <laughs> to say our band name really loudly to celebrate the let's big celebrate. gig. One, two, two three. three. Rio. Yeah. Rio. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, babes. Boca Raton. What up? We Rio. <laughs> oh, my God. There's so many people. Oh my god, there's so many people. Wow, oh my god. Ah! <laughs> 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 
I'm I'm sorry I'm late. I'm a controller. I'm here. You needed help? We're, we're working on to go. Let's do this. Let's do this. All right. Well, I I'll think take it's a little bit the late for the controller. What? Many of oh. the babes have died. Oh, what? The Many babes? of the babes lie slain on the ground of the crater. Oh, my God. There's hundreds mi- of beautiful dead women on the floor. I have surrounded by hundreds of beautiful dead naked women. I, well, I understand that. I'm going to try to bring them back to some unholy semblance of life. Uh, I'm going to do my job. You know what? Where's the relief for the crater? I Many of these babes, even the living ones, look hungry and sad. Ah, I'm out of answers. I ain't got nothing. I don't know. Uh, do me a favor. What of the babes? <laughs> what of the babes, Bill? What of the babes? Uh, don't tell my wife. I'm going to keep one of these. Keep, I'm sorry? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. No, 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 no. I I didn't say anything. That's disgusting. Oh, let's let's That's fix disgusting. this. Let's fix this right now. All right. All right. Well, you. Well, these babes need relief. I'm going to take this lead singer and this demon bass player. <laughs> Love you guys, by the way. Rio's my favorite band. Thank okay. you. Okay. We named we named ourselves after our favorite movie. The 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 Jesse Eisenberg vehicle, Rio, the animated blue parrot movie. Yep. Course. You know a lot about Jesse Eisenberg. For a warlock. For a warlock. I know all that there is to know. The <laughs> gem of wisdom is implanted deep in the base of my spine. I hear voices from beyond this realm. Oh, hey, sorry I'm late, guys. Death here. I just, uh, sorry I was late. I was in line at Starbucks. Death. Death, you look terrible. <sighs> You've got to start eating meat again. Uh, just, I don't know, man. Stacy's having me on this, like, soy noodle thing. No. It's killing me. You, li- you look like a skeleton. It's really? Do I look like death itself? You look death itself. Oh, a little bit of a joke there. That's yeah, all right. We, we can hang out. Hey, so what happened? All these babes are dead. Ah, this was my three o'clock. You, oh, well, you were here for the death of all these babes. Hey, I you know. touched on them, remember? Yeah, quickly. And then I had to rush out to the Starbucks to get some caffeine. I'm feeling like shit. You, need to, you should lie down. Yeah. Well, as a town comptroller, I feel truly outclassed. Hey, you're, you're going to... Hey, comptroller. Yo. You're going to choke on a chicken sandwich tomorrow. Tomorrow? Yeah. Well, I know what I'm not ordering tomorrow. It is inevitable. What? I have looked into the crystal ball and seen it. (laughs) Try though you might, you will consume and choke on a chicken sandwich tomorrow. Hey, uh, you know what? I think I'm going to do an egg sandwich today. Are you sure you want an egg sandwich? You know I'm going to get your chicken sandwich sandwich regular. Nah, I, I don't know why. Oh, Denise, I'm not going to order a chicken sandwich. You got 86 egg sandwiches, raw eggs. Um, hey, sorry, we're all just out of one eggs. Egg we're out of eggs. Yeah, out we of just eggs. got the chicken sandwich today. I'll just do cart. two dry white toasts. Dan Eckert style. We have to 86 toast. We only have it's all the breads already been made into sandwiches. Oh, we're already all made into Can sandwiches. Can you take the bread off one of the pre-made sandwiches? Just hand me the bread. Well, it's going to have chicken on it. You know what? I'm not eating at this restaurant. I'm just going to leave. I'm okay. going to leave this deli. I'm sorry, uh, Denise. Can we just 86 the door? The door. What? The door. Um, fused you guys shut. had a door. We're having here. a lock-in. Yeah. <laughs> you having a lock-in? Yeah. What does that mean? What's we're a restaurant a, we're lock-in? A, we're having a church lock-in. Yeah. You you just you just got involved, I guess. Oh, there's a church meet at this restaurant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard about that. They ordered a bunch of chicken sandwiches with bone, and we're serving that to them. Uh, with bone? Yeah, that's the, how they want it. I'm not going to eat. I'm just going to sit down. I'm not going to eat. I'm okay. going to sit down and wait until the lock comes over. We do have a policy where if a person is in the restaurant for longer than 45 minutes without eating, we do jam chicken sandwiches down their throat. Yeah, that's the uh, policy. It's from upstairs, and we can't we can't really do anything. It's just a corporate them. thing. Yeah. Like, we hate it, but it's just like we'll, we'll get they, – they have cameras. We'll get fired. Listen, I have a banana here that I bought from you 30 minutes I'm ago. I'm sorry. You can't eat outside food. No, no. I bought it from you guys. Oh. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to eat this banana. I'm going to unpeel it real quick. I think you'll find that there's a chicken sandwich inside. <laughs> what? There's a chicken sandwich in this banana peel. Psych. Gotcha. Gotcha. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, we see the banana peel falls on the floor. He drops a chicken sandwich, but then steps on the banana peel, and he slip slides. He flips, and he fall. His mouth falls on the chicken sandwich on the floor, and while he falls, the chew uh, forces him to eat it. And he swallows it in his throat. Oh, oh, no, this chicken sandwich. Oh, oh, oh no. You are right. Comptroller. No. No. To realms beyond. No. Scene. 
<laughs> Confident uh, edits done. <laughs> I like, I like, I like, yeah, I like that death shows up at the end tur- during a church lock-in. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, make them question. There's a lot of things in that set that were were fun. I, I love it. I love it. That's my favorite. Dude, do you know the the only thing I could think about while you're doing that warlock thing is that uh, live action war play? Um, oh, the live action role playing camp. Thing? Yeah, LARP. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, yeah, dude, I just love I love wizards. Love them. They're yeah. great. I I was talking to someone about the the pirate ninja robot. Oh, uh, we often Maris talk thing, about yeah. that. Talk about pirate ninja robot. Uh, I think Billy Mary has talked about how it's been a little bit misappropriated over time. Right. I love it too. I would say that the danger. I, I don't teach it as much as I used to when I'm coaching, because I think people like to, people love classifications and people yeah. love to be slotted into things. I think it's the reason that. Like astrology is so prominent and things like that because it's like even though it's completely scientifically discredited, people just like having like oh well I'm th- I'm this kind of thing. You I have a label that works for me, and I think that there's an element of that that can be dangerous, especially with like oh I'm a pirate, so I don't need to worry about justifying, or like oh well, I'm a robot, so I don't need to worry about making these bold right. choices. Yeah. You kind of you kind of self segregate into these specific modes of play when you really should be doing all of it you should be yeah triple threat triple threat and so to me the wizard is the triple threat because (laughs) because the wizard is uh bold and flashy like a pirate they are all knowing and extremely wise and all seeing like a robot and they are subtle and crafty like ninjas that's fuck. You know, honestly, when I see the stepfathers play, I'm like, those guys are fucking wizards. They're wizards. Man. They <laughs> totally, really straight wizards. Mark Sutton has something too. It's it's not exactly like the Billy Merritt thing, but it was a wizard. It was three classifications of how you can play. Uh, uh, one was wizard. One was gremlin. And I forgot what the other one was, but something along those lines. And oh, it was, was kind of similar. So wizard's like a good improviser. Gremlin's like a bad improviser. Well, I, I think his was a little bit different because it sort of pimped you into like it was kind of like a way to backdoor yourself into a type of status during your scene work, kind of. Mm-hmm. Oh. So like if you play like a wizard versus play like a gremlin, mm-hmm. you'll like you'll have it's like sort of plays with like your body shape and and, and, and your stance things like that. But I, I like it. It's got like a very it's very much like a style of how to play. Um, yeah, I do think that people look for answers of like, what am I as an improviser? Totally, like, totally. To they want to get shoehorned into something. I I usually try to say when I'm coaching, maybe it doesn't come, maybe I don't say as much as I should, but I do try to say stuff like, like this is hard. There's not like a, there's not yeah. like one mantra. There's not like a thing that's going to unlock it. There's a tremendous amount of lore. There's a lot of balls to keep in the air in terms of like, yeah, you need to be justifying and committing and yeah. exploring and heightening. Like you just need. There's a lot you need to be doing. There's not a quick fix answer. Right, um, which is something that man, people don't like to hear that. But I think people suspect that that's true. Yeah, everyone but, always wants to go like the trick is or the key is, and you're like, nope, it's a big complex yep. field of knowledge to master, and it's, it'll keep being hard. Right, I, I find that there's like certain mantras that work for a while, and then I have to like leave them behind and find another. And yeah, for sure. Uh, right, actually, it was just talking about this the other day. Right now, I have a mantra, and even this one, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like this. I want to internalize this, and then I'll move on to the next mantra. But I've kind of been saying a lot in coaching, uh, and also just to myself. Like, if I say anything to myself before I go on stage, I've kind of like uh, prove them right is what I kind of think about in terms of like how you're supposed to respond to people. Uh, is in terms of like, do I support? Like, I feel like make your partner look good or make your scene partner look like a genius can be a, a hard or abstract thing to think about. Mm-hmm. And for me, something that simplifies, like, how do you make someone look like a genius? How do you do that? Yeah, that's. And to me, the idea of prove them right. Like, whatever they say, you don't need to like what they say. You don't even need to. You don't need to even agree with them as a character. You can actually even as a character deny what they're saying as long as you as a performer are proving them right. Right. If, if you know if they're like, "Hey man, you're a goddamn scumbag." And you go like, "No fucking way, man." That's <laughs> you're even though I'm denying what you're saying, I'm like proving you right. Yeah, the yeah, idea agreed, is to yeah. always prove them right. Um Totally. That's sort of my mantra right now, prove them right. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh so uh, 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 real quick, uh, we got to wrap up uh, pretty soon, but if you would give just maybe looking back, just looking like, back at the set do you have any like maybe examples of stuff we talked about in there, or or like notes or any sort of like what were tones. what were the overarching tones like if you had to decompress that set a little bit? Sure. Uh, well, that was like a very fun. I just thought this was really fun and silly and and that, I don't know. I that was I had a lot of fun doing that with you guys. That was really fun. <laughs> I would say this is probably the strongest. Had, had probably the strongest. Um, 
It's an example of something. Well, I guess like I like playing wizards, and I played a wizard, a warlock. <laughs> but but also just like seeing seeing like the mayor being like, come come get in here, and you being like, all right, like let's go. Like the right. the the one guy being like that. And to me, it's it's the the logic or the words aren't as important. It's just like, what's a different tone to do? What's a different feeling that'll be in that scene? So someone's going like, all right, let's get in the mayor's office and having someone be like, very well. <laughs> <laughs> that to, that's game to me. That yeah. it's the, it's that idea of like, uh, when I talk about the X, Y axis a lot, or like how you, how you generate game in a fun way. So that's the whole thing is that game should be making scenes easier. Game shouldn't be a hassle. It should be a tool that makes everything effortless. Totally. And to me, the best definition of it is like, a good improv scene, we see it as being a unified whole. On an intellectual level, it's been justified. It makes sense. Like, yes, here's Boca Raton. There's a warlock and a comptroller. I, I, I am given to understand that this is accepted reality. But I can feel that this is schizophrenic. I can feel that it, there's two distinct souls to this thing. And I think that's what generates a lot of comedy is that dissonance in people where they're like, this feels wrong, but I can see that it makes sense. Like that, maybe that's like something in, in every scene that that's like, has a strong game is that element of like, yeah, that's how that would go down. But I know that's nonsense or I know that's crazy. Or there's something, even if that could even happen in real life, there's that feeling of like, Oh, there's two feelings, souls, themes, whatever you want to call them. There's two axes of, of information that are emotionally and tonally charged that are coexisting. So it's like a chimeric soul in every improv scene, in every scene with game. Cool. Very cool. It's the second episode in a row we've talked about Chimera. Really? Mm-hmm. Who's talked about Chimera before me? Berg. Alex Berg. Berg. Talked about Manticores and Chimera. See, that's great. so weird because I've it's the third time that Alex Berg has come up. Will Hines and Sammy Keynes both told me that I needed to talk to Alex Berg about improv because he's he apparently is like hyper scientific analytical. Yeah, all, I just did his uh, scene intensive. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. He 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 talks about game, uh, which I which I like about stimulus and response. Just what's the stimulus? What's the response to? Mm-hmm. Which I guess you can kind of liken to a y axis of right. what's going on, and, and the x axis is the response to what of the y axis. I think it's true. I think yeah. the language for this is in every part of comedy, yeah. whether it's stimulus response, x and y, baseline yeah. or unusual. Stand ups call it setup and punchline. Yeah, it's set the up, same punch, thing. Right. You set up a world. And you set it up in as short a time as possible, but still that it can has enough information that it can create an expectation. Right. The moment that it there's enough information that the audience can presume to know where it's going, right. you can get a laugh by subverting that expectation. Yeah, totally. And then the – I think the trick for – you know, it's funny. So I, my dad was a stand-up comic and I grew up in comedy clubs. This is an anecdote I tell a lot when I'm coaching. But the, the There was this guy named Uncle Dirty. Who okay. was a stage magician, this old comic who did dirty magic tricks like pulling anal beads out of a hat and <laughs> shit like that, right? Uh, and one time my dad was on stage and I was backstage with Uncle Dirty. And Uncle Dirty uh, looked at me and went, Hey, kid, you want to know the secret to comedy? <laughs> I was like, Sure, Mr. Uncle Dirty, that sounds fun. And he goes, Right when they think you're going to zig, you zag. <laughs> <laughs> I like that so much. It's so great, but literally, that's 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 game. That's the simplest. Yeah, totally. It's it's just, sometimes when I'm like frustrated in coaching and people are struggling with a game, I'll just be like, just do two things, do yeah. two things, zig and zag, do two things, pick two things to do and keep doing them. Warlock and Comptroller, <laughs> do two things, and it's the idea of like in in stand up and in sketch and in written things, we have the ability to craft and nuance these finely sort. Of, but in improv, we're kind of like we're cheating. We're doing this thing where we go. We have this secret language of game as improvisers, so at the right. top of a scene, we can kind of initiate with a feeling and then initiate another game with feeling. And then you just go, okay, you're always going to zig unicorn, I'm going to zag office. Yeah. You're going to zig comptroller, I'm going to zag warlock. Right. We're just, and we pick these cardinal directions on an axis that the audience feels like there's just organic surprise after organic surprise. And we're aware of this very mechanical structure that makes it effortless for us that's tight totally mm-hmm. yeah totally totally yeah, that's great man right yeah sweet i mean uh, another quick thing i think i always every now and then i drop it. it's like when you know something is a thing fuck with it <laughs> 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 make great. sure to fuck with it it's, yeah yeah there's a i mean like my whole 
improv career is just dedicating a whole lot of verbiage yeah. to an idea that really is just right when they think you're going to zig, you zag. Just, yeah. just, and the only thing with improv is that you just can't – it's hard to keep recreating that miracle. So when you get it in an improv scene, you just fix the directions and keep – repeating but changing the moves in ways yeah. that are impossible to guess. And then, and with all this, we're saying it's so simple, but you can't replace the doing and the practice and the reps. It's about reps, about doing it. Eventually you realize, oh, that is what I've been doing. But you can't write that on a piece of paper, hand it to someone and be like, do that. You can't do that. No. They've got reps. It's time. It's effort. It's trying. You know, it's putting, yeah, it's, 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 it's doing it in front of an audience, see what works, what doesn't, that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, it's true. I like to think that it's yeah. It's like how do you make this simple and not intimidating? Because there is an element of game which is intimidating to people, but but I don't think it should be. It is a tool. It does yeah, make it. Totally. E- it does make it easier. It's the mm-hmm. engine of the it car. Free you. It's freeing. It, like take away the mis- mystery of it and replace it with like no. Let's you know. Let's take away the magic here and see what it is. This is a scientific tool. This is a way of being like oh, this is easy. Hmm. We just and I think again, it's about coming from the gut and playing with emotion and kind of just like for me. The, the, ignoring the words and just going, yeah, there's there's two souls in this scene. There's two feelings. There's two themes. What do the two things feel like? Okay, it feels like a comptroller and a warlock. But really, we can ignore the words comptroller and warlock and be like, okay, one of this feels like fussy, dusty, you know, bureaucratic infrastructure, blah, 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 blah. And the other feels like, you know, magic and insane power. But, or even just more primal, it feels like, and and just do those (laughs) two things and find whatever specifics you want but just keep doing those two things I find that it's you have to do both things because like what you say about resting the game it's like you zig then zag then zag 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 and it dies yeah it dies quick that's why Kevin I mean that note from Kevin Hines made me the improviser that I am for real because it's it's always the note that you struggle with the most that's your best note Right, and that to- that one note completely created the foundation of my improv philosophy. Of like, if I could change one thing in like the, how the curriculum is spoken about in the community, it would be game is not the first unusual thing. It's not even the unusual thing and the unusual things that follow. It's the relationship between the unusual thing and the context making it unusual. That yeah, relationship totally. Totally. is the comedy. You cannot without the context, there is no unusual thing. Yeah, so that's, that's tight. You know, Totally, I like that. I, like oh, that's, that. I think that's a fucking sweet thing to end on. Yeah. Um, you know what? What? Uh, it's funny. We were talking about LARP earlier today. Uh, mm-hmm. We've talking about it for a while, dude. Brad and me actually just, we haven't done, we really signed up. We're doing a LARP this afternoon. We need it's a little some bit, more people, though. Cool. I mean, it's a little bit different. It's like, do you know the TV show Golden Girls from, from the 80s? The, the sitcom Golden Girls with B. B. Arthur. Arthur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. B. Arthur and mm-hmm. um, Vicky Lawrence, I think, was on that, or maybe not. But uh, uh, we're doing we sort of as gold as the, the Golden, Golden Girls. Girls LARP. Now we're, it's not we're not reenacting the show. That's stupid. No, we're still in a field fighting. There's still nations and stuff. But we have to do it as the Golden Girls. So it's kind of it's fun though. It's sweet. Like, we need to yeah. be Arthur, and I'm, you'd be perfect, dude. You should totally should do be Arthur with. with us. I'm trying to think how to put. I'm trying to think how to put this in a way that's not offensive, but I. I would never, do that with you. Okay. All right. Uh, I guess it's been improv noise then. Uh, <laughs> it's been improv noise. Thank you very much for a special guest, Brendan. My co-host, Brad Kula. I've been Stefan Schitta. We yeah. got Ryan Hanley out on the talk box. On the one and twos. The one and twos. Uh, yeah. Thanks to Hard Left Productions for editing our outro. Hey, guys. Sage keep music. making it up. Sage music, of course. Keep making it up. <laughs> yeah. Peace out. Boom. See ya.
it's not your classic carol, it's a modified hell. You've never seen it before, bitch. I told you truth, and they're fucking Which is why I'm such an addict! That show was fucking classic!